The Daily Logos, Episode 7, The Beatitudes, Purity. Today we're going over the sixth beatitude. The sixth beatitude in Christ's Sermon on the Mount is about purity. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The following information I'm going to read you is taken from Ellicott's commentary. This is what he says. Here the noun determines the region in which the purity is to be found, the heart, as representing desires and affections, the same way the spirit represents will and higher personality. So this is where, when we read something like that, this is where we have to confront ourselves. Remember, the heart is the seat of desires and affections. So we got to ask, are, are our desires and affections where they need to be? Are those desires pure, godly, righteous, and good? Do we desire to be fully invested in faith? Have we placed a stake in the ground? Have we hedged our bets around Scripture? Do we desire to be fully invested in Jesus and His written word entirely? And are we committed to loving Jesus the way Scripture tells us to? The following information is taken from Barnes' notes in the Bible. <clears throat> this is what he said. Blessed are the pure in heart. That is, whose minds, motives, and principles are pure. Who seek not only to have the external actions correct, but who desire to be holy in heart, and who are so. He goes on to say, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So here, here makes another good point, right? Like the external matters from the standpoint of action taken or efforts. And it's important to know that we're told, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. That's John 24. Well, then that begs the question, what is right judgment? And right judgment is speech and behavior only. That's the only thing we're allowed to judge is speech and behavior. And the reason for that is because only God knows the heart and the mind. And the Bible tells us not to interpret thoughts and intentions because those are inside the person and they're rooted in their heart and mind. So don't try to interpret people's intentions. If you catch yourself trying to interpret someone's thoughts or intentions, don't interpret. Just ask them explicitly. What are your intentions and what are your thoughts? The reason I'm asking you what your thoughts and intentions are is because this is what you're saying and this is your behavior. So you focus on behavior and words only and clarify their thoughts and intentions. Let's take a look at what else scripture says about purity and the heart. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This is where we have to cross-compare Scripture with Scripture. Becoming pure in heart is not just simply snapping your fingers, proclaiming Jesus is Lord, and then all of a sudden you're good to go and you're no longer infallible. It's not the case at all. Even though there are certain parts of religion that will say there are certain men who are infallible, and I am here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the only human being that is infallible, period. Regardless of what anybody's opinion is. The world will tell you to follow your heart. Yet, God's written word says the heart is sick and deceitful. So, if that's the case, well, how then do we purify our hearts, right? So, if we want to see God, that's what the Beatitude is telling us. Those who are pure in heart get to see God. Okay, so, how do we get to see God? Well, we have to purify the wickedness, the deceitfulness, and the sickness of our heart. And we do this by diligent study of Scripture. That's it. Diligent study of Scripture. That's where we find God's heart. That's where we find God's mind, and that's where we find God's will all revealed. The most important thing we must remember 
in this journey of life, or the faith walk, let's say, we got to remember that Satan is an imitator, and he can imitate God by manipulating the very thing the Bible says is deceitful and sick. That's our heart. So to purify our heart really means to deny our own fleshly impulses, let's say, and to seek a live a biblical life. We're seeking the heart of God through Scripture. That's how we purify it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Well, there you go. There's another way how to purify our heart. Forget about your own understanding. Rely only on biblical understanding, and he'll make straight your path, as long as you acknowledge him in everything. Now, as wild as that, it's, it's, it's hard to comprehend how, you know, the, the, the path of righteousness through Christ is so often misunderstood. You know, it's a very simple concept. To trust the Lord with all our heart is to hang on every word in Scripture and to strive with all of our might to live a biblical life. Like, it's just that simple. And when we use a Bible as the lamp, but that's what it is. The Bible is a tool to illuminate the path to salvation in Christ, period. It's a tool. The Bible is a tool for us to use. It's nourishment for our souls. The most dangerous thing anybody can do is to take Jesus out of Scripture and toss the, re toss, excuse me, toss the rest of the book out and think, ah, we got a handle on things. I got the gist down. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm tracking. It's like, no, 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 no. There's way more to be said. And we don't have a handle on things. So we have to forage for the information in Scripture, and it's vital that we yield to the warnings. So in order to, to live righteous lives through Christ and to turn away from sin and to yield to warnings, we must have knowledge of Scripture. And that knowledge of Scripture keeps us oriented in the right direction, with, which again is the path of righteousness through Christ. Psalms 119 says, How can a young man keep his word, excuse me, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Well, there it is again, pointing in the same direction. So it's very, very simple. All we have to do to keep our way pure is to gain knowledge of God's written word and to do it. To do it. It's very simple. You read the Bible and you do it. So that's what repentance is, right? Repentance is you read the Bible, oh, I was wrong there. Time to repent. Oh, that part of me has to go. Didn't know I was sinning there. Time to repent. Oh, there's something else I learned. Time to repent. Oh, there's something else I learned. Time to repent. That's all it is. That's all it is. You gain knowledge and you repent. It's knowledge and repentance. Knowledge and repentance. And the repentance means the transformation of behavior. So you're going to do exactly what God wants you to do if you read the Bible and repent. Read the Bible and repent. It's very simple. The difficult part is when a thought pops up, right? If a thought pops up, a desire pops up, or our will pops up. So here's what we have to do. We have to have like a process down. we got to stop, right? We have to apprehend the thought. Scripture tells us to take captive our thoughts. Take captive every thought, rather, to be obedient to Christ. So we stop what we're doing. We take captive the thought. We study God's written word about what the thought is that we're having. And then we do what the Bible says, not what we want to do. This is what the law of liberty is, to do what we should do, not what we want to do. Our way needs to be God's way, and that is revealed in his word, period. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hand, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James swings a hammer, there's no question. This is probably the best verse to understand <clears throat> the dangerous element of the human condition, which is the capacity for hypocrisy and contradiction. 
Now, when people hear the word hypocrisy, they think of the Pharisees. And we'll talk about them momentarily. Let's just kind of hear me out here. Having a divided heart or being double-minded is, is exactly the thing we're warned against, right? So the very reason Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites is because they, are, they lacked continuity in behavior, in speech, in heart, and in mind. There was a contradiction that they didn't sort out. <clears throat> so in order to keep ourselves on track... Well, we need accountability from one another, but we also have to hold ourselves accountable through Scripture. I'll give you an example of a contradiction that this is not a malevolent one, though, right? Like the Pharisees, they're called a brood of vipers. I can't remember. I think John the Baptist and Jesus both called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. So that's malevolent hypocrisy. Malevolent hypocrisy is different than ignorant hypocrisy. And I think I would say ignorant hypocrisy is far more prevalent than malevolent hypocrisy right so let's let's look at some potential contradictions and let's sort through that and so this can be a way to work through some things that you think may contradict themselves or may be confusing to you so romans 7 6 says but now we are released from the law so if you just cherry pick that you're like oh cool man we're not under the law Whew, man sure didn't want to like have to do what was in the bible i can just kind of believe right oh man so glad we're released from the law well, that's not all the Bible says, right? It's not, it's not two Bible verses. So Romans 3.1 says, do we, th excuse me, Romans 3.31 says, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold it. And so you stop and you read and you're like, wait a second, I thought we weren't under the law. But in order to uphold something, you have to be under it. It's like, wait a sec, what's going on here? So when, when something seems to oppose one another or seems to contradict, we have to ask ourselves, does the Bible contradict itself or do people? Well, only people do. And so it's our perception that contradicts itself. It's not scripture. So how do we find the tiebreaker to get full understanding? Well, the answer is in scripture. Shocker, right? If we need more understanding, we hit the book, period. We hit God's word. Matthew 5, 17 through 18 says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come, excuse me, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until it's all accomplished. So, who's wrong here? Is it the person's perception, or is the Bible wrong? Well, it's always the people. The Bible's never wrong. What people don't understand is that God is saying through Paul that we're no longer under the ceremonial and civil laws. But Jesus, who's the Trinity or the Godhead in flesh, says that we must obey the moral law, aside from the ceremonial and civil laws. Well, how can we verify this? Again, the answer is in Scripture. John 15.10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment, as I abide in His love. So that's what it means to love Jesus, right? To abide in His love, and to love Him is to keep His commandments. That's not all, though. John 14.23 says, Jesus, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Well, what's God's word? Scripture. Very simple. Jesus goes on to say, And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. We will know Jesus is, excuse me, we all know that Jesus is God, and we know the Bible is God's word. So we're told to obey two things, the moral law and all of Scripture aside from the ceremonial and civil laws. So it's it's not, again, it's the, it's the understanding that people have that contradicts itself. It's not that the Bible does, right? So we're not under... The ceremonial and civil laws, but we're under the moral laws, and if we love Jesus, we'll obey his commandments and we'll also obey scripture. It's very, very simple. 
So here's what we have to do to be pure in heart. Deny the contradictions, but really seek them out, right? Seek out potential contradictions in your own understanding and then get rid of them. And that, that means to deny double-mindedness, right? So don't follow your heart. Do not follow your heart regardless of what the world says. Rather, renew your heart and mind through Scripture. So that's what we do, right? We deny ourselves and renew ourselves through Scripture. We renew our own heart and our own mind through Scripture. And we rely on Scripture, not our own understanding, right? We have to desire God above all else, and we must keep our motives and principles pure by acting out the obedience of faith. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.